I'm bad and that's good. I will never be good and that's not bad. That's me describing this podcast. We're talking Wreck-It Ralph on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kidflix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and die in the real world, because uh, <laughs> you can't regenerate, as our friend Sonic says. Uh, my guest today, uh, he is a comedian and a new podcaster, it's Jared McCallie. Hey, Jared. Uh, thank you for having me, Ross. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, ha- happy, happy week. 900 of quarantine <laughs> yeah it, it feels like we're there yeah what is this like this would be month two yeah i guess yeah because i i started working from home uh i believe on the ides of march which is a weird uh omen now that i'm saying it out loud yeah. uh but yeah uh how are how are you faring in uh, uh it's it's fine just you know you can take walks you can stay home you, <laughs> you can you can figure it out you know we'll, we'll be fine Everything yeah. else is frivolous if you really think about it. Yeah, like um, yesterday was my first time uh, doing that thing of like uh, the grocery store having limited amount of people in the store, so you had to just line up outside. Yeah. And that was if if that's like the worst thing that we have to deal with currently, besides people um not listening to stay at home orders and social distancing yeah. requests, then I I think we're gonna be okay. Yeah, we yeah I think we're gonna I think we'll I think we'll be fine. And it's just like it's it's a new normal. You'll have to get used to it. it. Won't be like this forever. Yeah. And then you're just gonna have to grow out your hair, and that that's it. <laughs> like just yeah. My my roommate said that I looked like an author, and I think that's a compliment because he's like, yeah, you just like the beard's long, the hair's long. You look dead in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of look like a. You look like if Nick Kroll needed a stand-in, like just a <laughs> shadow, kind of like yeah. Well, and, and on the flip side, you look like the third Duplass brother, so uh, <laughs> we're even. I've never got that one. I've gotten so many people in my life. This is not about the movie, but literally, I've gotten, <laughs> I've gotten from, like, the highest to the lowest, and um, someone was asking me once, and I was like, yeah, I've got Gilbert Godfrey, and I've got James Franco. I was like, there can't be a bigger Oh, interesting. The one that and I... Then, oh, sorry. The, oh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. There was just a guy who was on the street, who was randomly in the conversation, who was outside of Fergie's, and he goes, oh, no, no, you look like Joe Montaigne from Criminal Minds. And I was like, <laughs> dude, I'm more people into this. I, I think I've said it on the podcast before, but when I was in high school, this one guy said that I looked like Adam Richman, the host of Man Vs. Food. And I've, I'd never been so offended in my life. Like, the guy that had to stop hosting the show because he had so many health problems. Oh, that's why I thought it was. I saw a thing once. It was like a crappy BuzzFeed article, and he just they like went through his comments back to people on Instagram, and it was oh. like kill yourself. <laughs> that certainly doesn't help. His, yeah. Okay, so it might have been two things that caused Adam Richman to stop hosting Man versus. <laughs> but I think now the thing is, there's a new version of the show called like Man versus Food America, and it's a new host, and he goes around and more just like documents food challenges so it's not him doing yeah. it every episode it's awesome that they did america considering what other country would be like yeah this is great come in and do this man versus food uh finland 
man. And it's just like a plate of food and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so today we're talking about uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, why you chose this movie because you, we talked about it months ago, I think, and yeah. you reminded me about yeah. it. Yeah. So what kind of draws you to it? Um, uh, I don't know what it was. Is like, I never really watched kids movies as a kid. And my parents had like, um, those old VHS Disney movies that were like a plastic. Yeah. Like clams. But I didn't really care. I think it was like Bambi and stuff like that. So I didn't really watch kids movies. I think I, I, um, used Disney plus for this and, uh, I scrolled through to see what I remembered and I remembered Brink for a Disney movie. Um, I don't remember which one is Brink. It's like, a, it was on Disney Channel. It was a rollerblading movie. Oh. So I don't know. When this came out, it had um, John C. Riley, Sarah Silverman. And I was like, I mean, how, they're not selling their souls. They're pretty like cool people. You know what I mean? So this has to be okay. And uh, yeah, I saw it once in the theater and I saw it once last night. And each time I was very happy with it. That, yeah, I uh, I own the DVD, although, uh, so I'm moving uh, in a couple days and I already packed away my DVD player. So yeah, I also did Disney plus. I think I, I might've seen this movie twice in theaters and oh, then good. I've seen it several times uh, in home uh, when I, so this movie came out when I was in high school and uh, for my 17th birthday, my friend uh, Josh, who, who's been on the podcast a few times, uh, he made me a poster that said wreck it Ross. And he did like the whole like eight bit drawing of me, and it like still hangs in my childhood bedroom to this oh, day. Wow. That's awesome. That's wreck uh, it, Ross. Yeah, and uh, like, look, I don't want to show my cards too early on, but I mean, I, I like forgot because it's been years since I saw it. I forgot how great this movie is. Like, are, yeah. were you a were you a big like video game kid? Um, my brother was huge. And I was like the person that was like, uh, I would always like, I don't, I, that's lame to say that I was always outside, but I was just like, that. <laughs> I, I didn't care that much. You know, I played like, I think the only games I've ever really played were like Metal Gear Solid and uh, uh, like the Super Mario 64. Mm-hmm. Um, but my brother played. So it was like always in the same, like, you know, it was in the living room or wherever it was, the, the game console. So I remember a bunch of that stuff like Zangief and like, uh, some of the other stuff I remember and I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Like to bring it back. Um, yeah. I, um, that I, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, please. You, 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 you on yeah. purpose. Go no, with oh, it. No, I just think that was cool because the video game people, it like, uh, when, so when it starts, they go to bat and on and yes. uh, then they're in there. But, uh, I think the coolest thing was like the Pac-Man hosted it. But he's like the OG or the Pac-Man ghost. Yeah. He's like the OG bad guy. And he's the host. So it's like you really think they like really thought that out. It's like, oh, he's been doing this for 40 years or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I, and, and I think there could have been a way to do this movie where it was just like super cheesy and like pandery and just kind of like, uh, oh, video games. Am I right? And yeah. like there are points where you kind of shrug and you're like, I get it. But the movie itself is so charming and i i i texted my friend josh uh while i was watching and i was just like i forgot how absolutely like flawless all of like the subtle like world building and like establishing everything about this universe yeah like it's so good and yeah 
like I, I don't think I have a bad thing to say about this movie <laughs> no I don't either it like it kind of sets it sets it up and it's like so I'm thinking the entire time that it's a kid's movie and a lot of my notes are the only things that like kind of set me like oh that's kind of like really kind of in-depth for a kid oh yeah like like, a, uh, like what oh uh the <laughs> he walks out of Pac-Man and he steals the fruit. And then there is the games that were unplugged, which are essentially homeless people. Mm-hmm. They do mention homeless people quite a few times in that movie, which is weird. That's like the big dooming thing. Like, uh-oh, we could yeah. become homeless and yeah, live in a train like, station. It was like, yeah, it was kind of funny. It was like, maybe there was just one writer who had become homeless. He's like, we need to make awareness about this movie, about this in this movie. But yeah, like that was crazy because they had the sign so I don't know, just like being a kid and like seeing a homeless person with a sign, it doesn't really like click to you. You know what I mean? I don't know. I thought that was great. Yeah. And I mean, the one thing that I kept thinking about during that, like whenever they brought up like the, I forget the term that they used, but like uh, unplugged or whatever um, yeah. people, but it was like, I wonder how many there are because it seems to be that like the games that exist in this terminal together, they are all connected by a surge protector. And so mm-hmm. I guess, I, I wonder if they're able to like jump between different surge protectors, like through the wiring of the, yeah. of uh, Mr. Is that kind of what Mac. Turbo did? Is that kind of what Turbo did? No, so what Turbo did was, um, his game was unpopular. So he kind of like Ralph game hopping, he went uh, into okay. the other racing game and then, yeah fucked it up and then both games got unplugged oh i'm sorry what i meant by that is like he got into another game that started and changed his character they didn't really explain how that happened wait wait which part in the sugar rush so it was oh, how he like disguised himself yeah that that's a good i oh you know what i think what happened was because he uh, later in the movie when you see him swimming through the internal code of the game I guess that's kind of what happened. Like he kind of tweaked himself. I wonder if there was like a King Candy or like some other royalty figure that he kind of just like morphed and took over. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I wanted to know that they kind of like, uh, it seemed like they kind of glossed over that. I I guess this isn't a perfect movie after all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I loved, I seriously loved it. Like, I don't know. I hope one day I can bestow upon a kid this film and it's the only <laughs> thing i just pat and like just watch this movie and then i walk away and like that guy's great yeah because i like um i think going the retro route and and kind of like because they show the classic games like they mention mario they have a cameo from sonic and a bunch of like 80s and 90s but it was smart of them not to really include new games like they they did kind of their fake amalgamations like whatever heroes duty like call of duty and like the house of blood or whatever those weird games that i always walked by in dave and busters because they were too scary looking that's what that was house of corpses or something yeah yeah Yeah. like house of corpses 2 or something i never saw the first one in a in an arcade yeah uh i i really liked arcades as a kid but um, the only thing that, that I saw that I, I've never witnessed in real life was putting a quarter on the game. I've seen that in pool, like at a bar, but I didn't know the mm. kids. That's like, that is just the amount of like um, income you had as a kid where you're just like <laughs> staying there all day. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I guess that was kind of an 80s thing. Because I yeah. think like when arcades were more of a thing, now it's just like you impatiently wait behind somebody <laughs> until they get uncomfortable <laughs> and leave. Yeah, but I think a weirder part of that sequence. So it's like this this girl 
like tries to go over to play Sugar Rush and uh, she puts a quarter down to say like, I got next. But it was weird because like these two like metal looking boys were like, beat it. We're going to be playing all the characters. And that yeah. I, that didn't make sense to me that these yeah. two like scary bully looking folks. Yeah, I thought maybe that was a nod to like Dance Dance Revolution where people are just on it forever or something like that. I didn't know what that was. Like, Ooh. I just... Yeah, I, I loved was... Dance Dance Revolution. Um, really? So, uh, I actually would need to look it up to see if it still exists as a place. But when I was little, there was this like arcade place that you could rent out uh, for birthday parties and stuff called mm -hmm. TNT Entertainment. And I wanted, I had, I think I. <laughs> no, it sounds like no, it does not sound like child's place. <laughs> I, I, I remembered I had a birthday there. I don't remember how old I was, but I remember I was so excited that Dance Dance Revolution was there. And I think they like swap out games all the time. And Dance Dance Revolution wasn't there when I uh -huh. had my party. And so it's like when you have like cake or whatever and you're like sitting in the snack room, then they play like old Looney Tunes cartoons. It was like the most kid friendly plays ever. Yeah. And like, I miss it to this day. Wow. Yeah. Ours was like a, a like a randomly run arcade by like an old man and he was really nice and he had like quarters on his hip and stuff like that. And then it got bought and became a Namco and it was just like teenagers smoking cigarettes in the back who never wanted to work. It's like, uh, the game's broken! And they're like, who cares? You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Ugh, not Namco. Okay. I also yeah. looked it up and TNT Amusements Inc., still exists uh if you're in bucks county pennsylvania it's it's around there somewhere in southampton uh it's apparently a used game show like a used game showroom and so you can do a party there but it's mainly for like buying pre-owned games yeah oh all right you, yeah, you know was... what kind of game though i didn't really get at all like pinball like pinball is fun to play but i don't i never really got like what the actual goal because it's there's no real skill in my it that at least that i think it's just kind of like slapping shit yeah i remember when i would go it was my uh my grandfather would play that and ski ball yeah and, oh my mom loved ski ball yeah they would always just play that and i was like there's do you see these you see these graphics you know like i don't know like yeah you don't have to throw things or do like any manual thing like we don't have to deal with gravity in these games <laughs> there's a new gravity for us um but yeah and like going back to wreck it ralph so like the whole story if you if you don't know it is that wreck it ralph who essentially is like donkey kong in a, a donkey kong and mario type game he like breaks the building and then his uh counterpart fix it felix like fixes things and uh it's kind of like that basic 8-bit game uh after 30 years of doing this role he is sick of being the villain all the time and so he sets out to be a hero for once and get a medal and then he ends up meddling nailed it in uh, the affairs of different games and fucks things up before ultimately solving them i like that pun a lot thank you uh, i would i would i would love to just say that it was like yeah he wanted a medal but also maybe he was tired of using bricks as a blanket yeah and, that, uh, that was wild yeah and uh, maybe also not having a home and think about the, the fact that it's like, I, I, he, he, I guess he kind of mentioned it, but it was like a crossover, but it was like, you've 
been with these people for 30 years and they haven't said a word to you. Like, that's awful. This is an awful existence. And they're all, like, uh, scared of him. They're just, like, uh, like it's been 30 years. And it's kind of like a, I thought of it almost as, like, a workplace, you know? Just, like, okay, they're all checking in, checking out. But they, like, really dig into the dynamics of the game outside of game hours. Like, I'm curious if when the game was first plugged in, if Ralph was like, oh, hey, everybody, happy to be yeah. here. Uh, uh, I'll, uh, this is going to be fun. I'll see you after work or something. Yeah. If anything... Know. Ralph is the only character in that game that has like full autonomy during the game. Like Felix is kind of controlled like Mario is. And it's like, he can just do whatever he wants. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Felix is kind of like, yeah. <laughs> the, the, him just the, the fixing aspect is his superpower is such a funny superpower to have too. But, yeah, because yeah. la- later in the movie, um, so as the movie goes on, when Ralph leaves, Felix goes out to look for him. He goes into Hero's Duty, and he picks up uh, and help uh, gets the help of Sergeant Calhoun, Jane Lynch, who uh, uh, is kind of like a tough person. Uh, and so they eventually get locked in jail because Ralph is causing hazic- havoc, mm. so lock up the guy that knows him. And so Felix has like a magic hammer, and he's like, I'm going to break out of jail. And he hits the bars, and then the bars kind of regenerate even bigger, and it's yeah. like this existential I'm crisis. Yeah. Why can't why why can't I not fix things? Yeah, <laughs> it's he, yeah, he has the Midas touch to a degree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's talk I, a little bit about the the voice cast though, because so yeah, we mentioned that John C. Riley and Sarah Silverman star in this. I I love John C. Riley. For years, yeah. I only knew him uh, from chicago as amos the character that no one likes <laughs> so funny. You, you're a stand-up comedian who knows john c Riley from chicago <laughs> well amazing. look it was a very yeah. formative movie for me when it came out um and, but then of course sarah silverman i knew for years from like the sarah silverman program and stuff like that what do you what did you think of sarah silverman as like this just precocious girl Oh, that dude, Sarah Silverman rules. That that voice was amazing. She has like such a great voice to like play a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that uh, I thought that was great. No, yeah, I mean, I'm not a casting director, but I thought that was great casting. Uh, I also think it's funny that John C. Riley's voice in every single movie is exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has such a perfect voice. Like, why yeah. do anything else? Yeah, I, it's just like awesome. It's like in a monologue where you're setting the story, and then he's just like. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know. Like, that's awesome to do that in a monologue. Um, uh, yeah, and I mean, and Sarah Silverman, I think, gets, I mean, it. I don't think this is a unpopular opinion. She gets so much shit all the time for either being too outspoken, for either being, like, too dirty, or for being too political. And I, I think she is so wonderful. And, like, like, this movie proves how versatile and just skilled as a as an actor that she is like she can be dirty but she can also be like really sweet and deep yeah uh, yeah and it's funny that after i watched this movie the next thing that we watch was another sarah silver movie called uh take this waltz uh, is, is that the one where she's a depressed mother yeah and an alcoholic and then oh she, wow i'm just adding on to her problems and uh <laughs> she, she, she also uh, smells and she's yeah. stupid <laughs> and then does full frontal nudity in the movie oh yeah it's crazy but um <laughs> adding to my watch list yeah <laughs> and um 
but yeah, that, that was, that, I thought that was great casting the John C. Riley, the Sarah Silverman. I thought the funny, the first thing I thought was like the fix it Felix. I don't want to jump ahead, but the fix it Felix and Jane Lynch characters, when they started to kind of like connect, uh, the only thing I could think about was Jane Lynch and Jack McBriar having a child in real life. And what <laughs> that child would be like, is amazing. it would just be like the most timid, nice theater person of all time. <laughs> Which I guess is just a theater person in reality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you mean me. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I love Jack McBrayer. And, and I mean, Jane Lynch, I, I love uh, another person, which <laughs> weirdly enough, I knew John C. Riley only from uh, Chicago for the longest time. But Jane Lynch, like from childhood, I like knew her from like Best in Show and uh, like all of the different Christopher Guest things. And my, my like reference points four celebrities are all over the place because I had a weird watch schedule as a child. Yeah, no, that's funny because I remember those uh, Christopher Guest movies, Best in Show and all that, that would be on uh, Comedy Central and like yeah. Mike Wind and stuff like that. And then I remember she kind of broke out in Glee. I feel like mm -hmm. she got really big after Glee. And I remember being like, oh, that's that lady from that that movie that I kind of don't totally understand yet, but it makes me laugh, you know? Yeah, like I would whisper to people when like when Glee was popular, like I knew her before Glee. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But A Mighty Wind, I I think I, I had the soundtrack and I still occasionally will listen to it just because, well, weird connection of Jane Lynch and John C. Riley of starring in fake band movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like both, like Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, and A Mighty Wind, both have like unabashedly fantastic real music. Like some of it is like jokey, but like it's still good. And it bothers me how good the music is. Yeah, it. Um, uh, Walk Hard is really good. Um, the the music in A Mighty Wind too. And uh, I've been saying this and thinking it forever. But when Fred Willard dies, people are gonna be realize how amazing Fred Willard really was yeah sorry to go off on that tangent, no please but... <laughs> like look everybody everybody brings up the time that he jacked off in a in a porn theater oh i didn't know that apparently he did at some point but also it's a porn uh -huh. theater peewee herman did it or paul rumens did it yeah. um and like I, it was a weird thing i think it's like that's a 90s thing that you get caught in a porn theater uh masturbating yeah but yeah like i don't know a lot of fred willard's early work but yeah i mean all the christopher guest things um yeah. he's good on modern family his one sketch in i think you should leave with tim robinson is flawless yeah, <laughs> he's a, yeah uh uh I, yeah i don't want to get too off topic but there's two, I don't two care. people <laughs> i looked at there's two people in this movie that have voices and maybe you have two other ones that blew you away sure. uh, or one but one is there's like a super small uh role it's general general hologram Yes. And it, it's uh, Dennis uh, Haysbert, which is the Allstate guy. And the guy That's from right. 24. And I remember I heard like, it was like two seconds of his voice. I was like, is that the Allstate guy? <laughs> like, he just and I bet he hate, like, I feel bad for him that he is known as the Allstate guy, even though like yeah. uh, looking at, he, he was also the president on 24. <laughs> yeah. He's done so much stuff, but he's got such a beautiful uh, voice that, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> Adam Carolla was also a voice in this movie. Yes, he was one of the uh, the donut cops in Sugar Rush, which is kind of yeah. like a like a, a candy themed uh, racing game. Yeah, 
a <laughs> it's just that's just awesome of like the the climate whatever you want to call it that we live in where people are like well we do our research on actors and it's like disney did not do the research on adam carolla <laughs> Yeah, Adam Carolla is in this movie. Uh, in Ralph Wreck It Ralph Two, um, Jason Manzukas has like one line where he's just yelling at a reporter. <laughs> I love Jason Manzukas. But I guess also like um actually the uh, well I mean if Adam Carolla and Sarah Silverman <laughs> they're both in this Disney movie, but um the director uh, Rich Moore he chose uh, Sarah Silverman for the character Vanellope because. He was listening to her audiobook uh, where she's talking about her childhood and like mm-hmm. something just like really clicked in yeah. in, in that movie uh, in her in him listening to that and she just got it. Yeah, she has that good kid's voice. I think she does one of the um, brothers on Bob's Burgers. She does. That's her and her sister Laura, yeah. which yeah. I knew that without looking it up. Not to brag. <laughs> yeah, such a good kid's voice. Yeah, I love her. Um, what what about just like I think this is also an interesting point in Disney's history, Wreck It Ralph itself, because um, so looking at Wikipedia, this is the fifty second uh, Disney animated feature film, um, and this is kind of like part of the newish era of Disney animation, where it's CGI, it's uh, a little bit more self aware and a little bit less polished. Like it's still you know a, a clean movie that went through the system, but this kind of started around the movie Bolt and has gone through towards like Tangled and Frozen, Big Hero 6, Moana, Zootopia of just like the, this newish era of Disney movies. Like I, what, do you have any thoughts on kind of what this latest, these it latest was, movies have been like? It was great um, because I feel like it took a lot of um, the stuff in like the other Disney movies that I watched. Like it took the Toy Story aspect, which was obviously like when the game is unplugged, they can do whatever they want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, that was amazing to me. That was like my favorite thing in Toy Story was like to like, as a child, open my door, close it and then like, look, you know what I mean? Whatever. It, but, it like, freaked me the fuck out as a kid. Like I, I talked to uh, my stuffed animals a lot, be- just in case. <laughs> So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, any the things you believe as a child are amazing. Um, But yeah, it took that, and then visually, you know, like with these movies, it's like you'll watch. I feel like nowadays, to me, almost all movies, like you watch a trailer and you feel like you see the whole movie kind of deal. And uh, this movie was like visually, like how now we've walked into that too, where people talk visually how a movie looks and this and that. that was amazing. Like, it, I don't want to say like sound old. Like, look at these the the computer animation on this, you know. <laughs> like, but um, it was a, it was the whole time. It was like even when they were talking, like when they're with the candy, um, they're on the candy tree, and it's like double stripe or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you were looking for the double. You know what I mean? They had you. It was amazing. I, I think that like we're entering an age where kids will watch these movies and probably appreciate other films as well because of it, not just like the storyline and someone's getting bonked on the head, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, and, and it's not this thing of like, oh, just put it on, the kids will watch anything and, and not even doing a thing where like, we need to have some stuff in there for mom and dad. It's just like, we need to have a certain level of quality because like viewers are active. They're not like passive and stupid. Yeah, that's that's true too i guess that probably uh i assume that's one of your points on it is like was it visually uh appealing but then also like the mom and dad aspect of watching it like that's i mean 
to that to me was like pretty crazy there was stuff in this that i was like huh this is kind of like you can kind of see both like calling her a glitch and in the way that they called her a glitch sometimes was like oh that's dangerously close to bitch and And even that even that they like made it they made just the word glitch feel like such a slur and like the the justification that um king candy gives to all of the subjects and to ralph himself of like why um uh vanellope can't race and why she has to be ostracized it's so interesting and it makes you it like brainwashes you a little bit and then you realize like oh this is manipulative yeah it really was and it's like enhancing like calling her a glitch and then there's at one point where it's like uh someone is dangerously close to doing an impression of someone with like a developmental disability when they call her oh, a glitch yeah. yeah and i was like whoa that's like and then just smash her car like that's just every every like mafia movie where a guy comes into the wrong neighborhood or something like it just like <laughs> you know it like, was like it was like the scene in office space when they're wrecking the printer <laughs> yeah but i was like that's when I was like, oh, wow, this is where they're going to have to, like, kids will feel that of, like, yeah. being ostracized. And, like, that did an amazing job. And I feel like that's what, uh, obviously, movie studios, what Disney is trying to do at this point, or kids' movies are trying to do, is, like, bring real-life things into it. Obviously, we talked about the homeless thing in this movie <laughs> as well. Yeah, and I think, like, they, Disney has found a happy medium. So one of the a movie that I love to bring up because... I think it's so great, but it just kind of like didn't quite work was uh, the movie Enchanted. Do you remember that one? I did not see it. I apologize. No, it's fine. So that was the one for those of you who don't remember. It's the one with um, Amy Adams where she's like basically a Disney princess and she gets transported from her 2D animated world to the real world. And it was, yeah. And it was kind of Disney trying to be a little bit self-aware because this came out, uh, that movie came out right around like the third Shrek movie. So like, I think they were tired of being served all the time and they were like, let's do it. Let's uh, reference ourselves. Yeah. And it was good. I love that movie, but it, it doesn't really do it well. And I think like since then, so like Frozen and Big Hero 6, they've kind of find, found a balance between uh, a movie that is kid-friendly and that is a little bit more modern and self-referential without yeah. going into the full Disney or uh, the full DreamWorks like, haha fuck off <laughs> yeah it's it, it's really awesome I, I think this movie like rounding out like definitely was a head and shoulders above most i would say this movie is better than toy story maybe not one but like they've added so much to it and i haven't seen wreck it ralph too but like at this point this movie is almost like perfect like yeah i i agree um hmm. so i i've i love toy story too i think this movie i think wreck it ralph could be better than uh toy story one not even just in terms of like oh the animation technology but i think uh like uh, wreck it ralph builds off of like the whole idea of like you were saying like what things do when people aren't around Hmm. uh and makes it feel relevant because it's video games it's kind of these characters that we understand uh and we can easily bring back like they're they're very similar movies but yeah. uh i don't know uh, i think the whole thing with sid i don't i don't like sid i don't like looking at him i don't like the idea of him and like him torturing sentient beings yeah it's uh that's that's funny you bring it up i when i was in la um i was hanging out with a bunch of friends and 
this uh, the one person, blah, 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 like LA, like people will be like, oh, I don't really have a job. I just kind of do this or whatever. And it turned out that they were a child actor, but they played Sid's sister in Toy Story. Whoa. That was yeah. And I was like, wait, I like, this is just weird to me. You know what I mean? It's like, a, wait, such what a is the name of that sister? I'm like, I want to see if I can somehow scrape that from my memory. I don't think it's going to happen, but I want to see like, I want to say like Lucy or Gracie, like something like that. I'm going to look it up right now. I got it. Hannah. Uh, Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. Hannah. Um, yeah. But I remember being like, oh, that's so crazy. So sorry to go on a tan. That, that's like, but uh, my point in it being perfect too is like take the Toy Story aspect that I love. But then another thing that I have is that they use the word kill and die in this movie too, which was pretty like, so obviously now we've got homeless. Now we've got like the aspect of they could get caught by, you know, the, people in our world kind of deal you they see can. sarah silverman's character be like sucked away into nothingness in like a yeah. dream sequence yeah and then it's like and then king candy's like i'll kill you and you're like oh <laughs> like yeah this is really serious this is such a good movie that i don't know they, they made it so well yeah kids understand death and i yeah. will say like um so i have seen wreck it ralph 2 ralph breaks the internet and it's fine i think I was, I, cause I love Wreck-It Ralph so much. I went in with super high expectations and I didn't love it, but I read the Wikipedia plot last night just to remind myself. And like, it does sound good, but I think it's kind of that thing of, we're not quite at the point yet as a world. I don't think we're like, you can do a plot line involving like online video or like mm-hmm. going viral that doesn't sound like stilted and weird yet. Yeah. Like it's, it felt a little weird because the whole plot involves like Ralph trying to make money by going viral. And it's, it's really confusing. And then they just use his thumb as the Facebook like thing. If you ever <laughs> notice how huge that is, is that just his? Uh, I thought that might've been a plot line. Sorry. <laughs> I'm pitching for the next movie. But I will say like the third act of uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet is a DOS attack. So like you learn a little bit about how uh, the internet works. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's cool. They, they mentioned code in this one too, which was really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's like, I cannot wait till someone does something so so amazing with code, and then like they're like, how did you get into code? And it's always that like origin story of like, well, when my I was buddy a kid, Ralph. Yeah, like, yeah, I can't wait for that one. Uh, so, Jared, do you have any uh, final thoughts on the movie before we kind of go into rating it? Um. I, I think I kind of like summed it up. I really liked it. The only thing I have here that I really wanted to say was um, that song when Vanellope is uh, racing, Shut Up and Dance. Uh, Shut Up and Drive by uh, up, sorry, Rihanna. Sorry. Yeah, that's another song. Sorry. Uh, Shut Up and Drive. I was like, oh, they made this song for this movie. That's so cute. No, that's a real Rihanna song. It's just awful. <laughs> <laughs> that is my only complaint about this movie is just the line that it's like, um, my ride is cooler than a limousine. I've never thought someone was like, oh man, that's such a cool car. It's, it's, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I, well, actually, well, speaking of the music, um, controversial, I like the end credit song by Al City. I like Al City. I yeah. think Al City is good. Um, I know them. They're the like Firefly song. Yep. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, all, all overall no bad thoughts about this movie really it was very very like real life um i don't have i didn't have many like negative notes there's just all like little funny stuff that i thought and 
there was a cool Skrillex cameo. Some yeah. Uh, well, but I got nostalgic for Skrillex. <laughs> I was like, is that Skrillex? Like, just that <laughs> for the second, it's like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, great, 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 yeah. great, great. So, so now is the part of the podcast where we rate everything on a scale of zero to five. You can be as specific uh, as you like with your rating. But uh, Jared, we'll start with you. What what would you like to rate uh, Wreck-It Ralph today? Um, man, I, I, I think this is as close to perfect as you're going to get. So I'm just going to say four. But, you know, yeah, out of out of five, definitely a four. Like there's there's nothing wrong, but nothing's too perfect. You know what I mean? There are like obviously some little holes, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a four out of five. It was great. It was a fun watch. I would say anyone of any age watches this movie. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm giving it, this is the first time in a while, I, I'm giving it a decently higher score. I think I'm giving this a 4.8. So uh, that, oh, that, the only points. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought it was just four or five. Sorry. W- would you, would you like to add a decimal uh, or are you good yes i'll go i'll go um i'll go for like 4.7 it was great it was wow great. yeah cool so adjusting <laughs> things uh yeah so i'm giving this a 4.8 um really like i wasn't expecting to go that high because even movies that i absolutely love that we review on the show i'm like okay i kind of should look at this a little bit more objectively but god this movie is so great and fun it really delivers uh and i, lo- I love it a lot um <laughs> like I, I can't even think exactly what I would give off points for. I think it's just like, uh, like sometimes Ralph is really just like stupid. Like I see where he's coming from every time, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'm just like, oh come on! I don't know if that's because I've seen it so many times that I'm like, come on, Ralph, you know this. Uh, but crunching the numbers collectively, we are giving Wreck It Ralph a score of four point seven five, which is so now. Wreck-It Ralph is our fifth highest rated movie on the podcast. Uh, it is right below The Iron Giant and right above School of Rock. It is head and shoulders above both of those movies. Yeah. Actually, interestingly enough, it, it has the exact same score as the that we gave The Iron Giant almost two years ago. So 4.75 as Who well. Number one and number two, may I ask? So uh, number one is Finding Nemo and number two is Paddington. Okay. I want to go back and look at those episodes and see who, who voted those that. Okay. Uh, well, I should I, go back and watch those episodes. Listen to those yeah. episodes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to them on like plus three speed or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jared, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, is there, uh, so you, you have a new podcast. Like what, what would you like to plug today? Um, it is, uh, it's a Sotellus podcast. It's, uh, so it's like, um, so people are like, I don't understand the name. And I'm like, yeah, so tell us, um, you know, it's just like us asking. So could you tell us anyway? So you could edit that part out. So anyway, <laughs> new, <laughs> new podcast with uh, the great David Feinberg. If you know David Feinberg, he's still in Philadelphia comedian. Yeah. We, we interview, um, we interview comedians. Uh, we've interviewed Benny Feldman already. We interviewed uh, Kirk Griffiths. Next up is the, um, uh, the incredible shrinking Matt and Jackie. Uh, team so we're just kind of going through a local local people who are great and uh putting them on so obviously ross will be on one you know he's one of the greats so oh, yeah. thank you but, yeah I you can find us that you can find us at so tell us podcast on instagram and uh and youtube right now and now uh we're just doing the podcast we're doing the first couple on youtube and then we'll have a podcast link then too 
but fantastic. Please so tell us. No, I don't want a real link. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, as always, you can find us uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and please rate and review us on iTunes. It totally helps us out. And you know what? Rate us on Facebook. I realize that we don't have any Facebook ratings, so do that if you want. Uh, but that is all for today. Uh, we will hear you in a fortnight. And go, go, gadget, and show. <laughs>